Welcome to the second living room. Enjoy this conversation amongst Eileen and Blake. Alright, we are recording live from the second living room. Actually, not live at all. Uh, Not live from the second living room. We've pre-recorded before you're listening to this. It right now is the last day of 2020. Welcome to Second Living Room. This is Eileen, your host, with your co-host, Blake. People are going to start thinking you're the co-host because I'm going to say that every time. We're both co-hosts. No, no, I'm the host. You're the co-host. Oh, we're both co-hosts? Yeah, I never knew. Welcome to the Second Living Room with Eileen, your host, and the afterthought, Blake. Exactly. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, welcome to Second Living Room. Good to be here today. Good to be here. Good to be here every day. It is. I gotta turn myself a little bit. Sorry, pardon the, pardon the jostling around. Blake's still fixing his situation. You know, whatever you do, just make sure you fix your situation. Or an important idea yeah. fixing your situation. Uh-huh. Sorry, Eileen, do you have any thoughts on the situation, people's situation? Actually, you know, thank you for bringing that up and pointing that out. No, actually, lately, it's kind of been about, for me, like, doesn't matter the situation. It's, you know, notice your life under your life situation. Go ahead, sorry. But yeah, no, yeah. The the idea right now is like, you know, accepting your situation, whatever it may be, type thing, full acceptance. Did you say something about your situation (laughs) under your situation? Yeah, so like, been reading Power of Now for the third time, third time's a charm. It's really sinking in. It's by Eckhart Tolle, who is a spiritual leader. Um, But he says, you need to notice the life under your life situation. Mm. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Well, it just goes with his whole idea of you are not your mind. You are what's underneath your mind. So let's let's start with that. You are not your mind. You are the observer of your mind. That's core who well, you are. What, That's is your that, plug what does in. it look like so, when you're living your life as if you are your mind? Okay, so if you are living your life as if you are your mind – essentially you don't get choices you are living by your conditions mm. and your patterns so let's stop for a second uh-huh um and very just talk about what very that complex. means like if you mm-hmm. are living according to your conditions and mm-hmm. your patterns what does that mean okay so we have this human body oops Bing. pardon me that's my phone i'm gonna go ahead and silence it um so we have these human bodies, right? Okay. So in order for these bodies to work, they need to be animated. Okay. The, the heart needs to be turned on. It needs to keep pumping. It does, it's, it, it's an on switch. So for me, who I am is the energy and the spirit that's animating mm. this body. Okay. You're the animating well, force. You're not the, uh, the machine. Yeah. I'm not the machine. 
okay? Yeah. So I'm the animating force because when the animating force is no longer here, then body is dead. Are you saying it's that no you're longer the, animated. You're the puppet master and not the puppet? Exactly. Gotcha. So when you start to forget that you're the puppet master, you are then identified with your mind and your conditions. You, gotcha. you think that you're the puppet. Yeah. And you lose power that way when you so think you're the puppet. That's interesting to me because when you live when you're living your life and you, you're going about doing things as you as like the person we generally consider ourselves to be. It's like me, I'm Blake. Yeah. When Blake goes around and does things and Blake experiences things that are either good or bad. It's you're like, labeling oh, that's them a, as good and bad, but go on. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, but it's um it's happening to me, to my puppet, you know? Yeah. Like if I stub my toe, like my puppet has a hurt toe. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So if I identify with that as like that's a life experience for me, if I consider my puppet me, mm-hmm. um, how do I switch that to like a no, I'm actually the the puppeteer? It's a weird thing because sometimes it feels so complicated to me and I think trying to explain it makes it feel more complicated. But sometimes I'm like, this is the like most simple thing ever. Yeah. Like most simple thing. So it's like this. So we are the energy, right? That's who we are. The energy that animates this body. Truly, that's who we are. That's what's going to keep going after it leaves the body, right? So when you can plug into that, then you can start to separate when the thoughts, the body reactions. Those things are very real and they are happening, but you don't have to identify as those things. You are the, the, the energy behind it that can see that. So they call it the observer, right? So where do the thoughts come from? Do the thoughts come from the puppet? Okay, so the thoughts are, they come from conditions. Okay. They come so from they're just like consequences of existing. They're not yeah. necessarily generated from somewhere. That That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's a consequence of existing. It's not you. Like your brain produces thoughts and it's an actual thing. Like, you know, you can measure brain waves, which are thought patterns, but it's just an object. It's a thing. It's not you. You start to think that it is you. You think that your thoughts, like we started off saying, that your mind is who you are and like actually what is truthfully you, but it's not. It's an illusion. It's, it's an just illusion. a consequence or it's it's the machine putting off smoke. It's like the exhaust of the machine. The machine's running according to the different things we've been exposed to, the patterns that we've entrained Mm -hmm. in our puppet Mm -hmm. and then as a result thoughts pop up Mm -hmm. that are almost like byproducts of existing physically yeah so okay let's say that something happened to you and made your body really scared your your brain like hooks on to that because like okay body remembers it records that it's like that was unsafe it's really scary so let's always remember this so the thoughts with your brain like working with your body is like oh shit we remember this let's be scared so your Mm -hmm. thoughts of course come in like language and words it's like i don't want to do that i'm not doing that that was stupid that was scary whatever Mm -hmm. and so you if you are identified with your thoughts and your body you're going to go along for that ride and you'd be like, mm. nope, I'm not doing that. 
Uh, and so it ends up holding you back. If you can separate and spend time being the observer and watching those thoughts in your body like become afraid, you can you can say that's not me. Mm. And you can then start to like separate and be like even though my mind's saying like screw that, I'm not doing it. That was unsafe. You can actually look back and be like it's actually safe. It's uh, that's actually something that maybe I'd want to do. So, and you can then make more conscious choices. Gotcha. So when we separate and we, we take a position closer to that of the puppeteer, yes, we can see when the puppet's like, this is scary. Mm -hmm. And we can instead look at that thoughts, instead of assuming that that's true, we can look at the thoughts and say, well, is that actually something that we should be afraid of? Mm -hmm. Or is that, a, is that thought actually valid for... I guess what we actually desire but that that's that's an interesting point to me too because it's like well are our desires the desires of our puppet or of something deeper um some deeper driving force for us that's good and that's the question yeah and and i think the more time you spend trying to connect with the puppeteer mm -hmm. the more clear it gets the more clear it gets like in terms of this is actual true desire for me or if this is like a or this is um, like a reaction. Yeah. Like this is like a condition, fear or whatever of the puppet. Mm -hmm. I like that you came up with that analogy. It's pretty good. It's clear. I'm the first one to ever think of that. Yeah. Maybe so. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because when you're so identified with the mind, like you believe the mind and you think this is the way it is, you know, when really... That's just not true. It Most of the time, it's probably just not true. When you're like, this is the best way to do it. This is how to live the life. But it's probably your mind and what it's learned in the past. Mm -hmm. And it's like your conditions. When you can step back a little bit, you can decide, is it saying something that I want to listen to? Or is this like ultimately holding me back, keeping me scared, creating drama in my life? You know, it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, we I feel like we've talked about this All sort of thing before mm -hmm. and I've thought about this before. But when we're having this discussion right now, I'm um, starting to think about your I, puppet. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about a different way. Like I'm I've thought about myself as like a puppet before, kind of um, just add the whims of whatever forces move the world, you know. Pinocchio creating fiction, friction on the stage with his little feet on fire. But, no, <laughs> uh, but what, what I'm thinking about is. If so, we have conditions, right? Like you talked about things that we've kind of patterned in our bodies and our nervous system, things that we will naturally gravitate towards, kind of like our default way of operating in the world based right. on things that we've done before. Or like you can think about it like staying in your comfort zone. If you keep doing things that you've always done, things that you're already good at, things that you already are familiar with, mm -hmm. you're going to keep on this path. Like you just kind of got like, like follow inertia. Right. It's going to continue in the same momentum you have moving forward. Uh, but oftentimes people are in a situation in life where it's like, I actually want to do something different. I'm not enjoying yeah. the path that inertia is sending me on. Uh, so I want to change course. But that can seem not only scary, but it almost feels impossible sometimes. Mm -hmm. If, like you say, we identify with our minds and with our thoughts, with our conditioned patterns. Mm -hmm. um, and if that's the case. And it's like, well, how do we how do we deviate from that? And what I'm thinking about is like pinball machine, you know, like mm -hmm. if you pull the thing back and you let it go and that marble, that little ball goes flying along, bouncing on everything. 
it has no decision in where it goes. <laughs> you know, we can sit here and like flick the paddles um, and we can try to aim and time it just right to hit a certain thing to get points over there. Mm -hmm. um, so in a way, we're like these little pinballs running around in this machine. We were set in force by the animating motion, the conditions of life or all the things that we bump into. Right. Um, and then I think about free will. That would be a part where like as the pinball in the pinball machine, we're like, oh, wait. I am not this pinball. I am actually the force that started my path. Um, and if we have free will, that would be like on this road, instead of just following inertia where everything's bringing me, mm -hmm. I can like actually spin and go somewhere else if I want to. Mm -hmm. Like, is that kind of the, or, or would you say, just to keep up with this pinball analogy, mm -hmm. would that be, okay, my puppet is the pinball. It's going off. It's It has its own, um, limited potential mm -hmm. because of the original force that set it off Correct. and it's bouncing off all this shit okay um would you say that our ability to affect <laughs> that is the timing that we flick the paddles with if we take the <laughs> if we take the position of the pinball machine player instead of the oh, pinball is, okay. that, is that how we should look at this there's so many ways that we can there's so many paths we can go down with this so here's the thing so i like it so you're the for <laughs> let's let's say that we're like the paddle right which is like the hit of the force that pushes the pinball out. And then there's yeah. all the little things that the pinball keeps pinging on. Yeah. So let's say the things that the pinball keeps pinging on is like our conditioned patterns, uh -huh. like us doing things to try to manipulate the physical, change our environment in order to get better, do better, feel mm -hmm. better, be more fulfilled. Right? So, so let's say the paddle is the, like the observer, the, the, um, the magical because i've come to the belief of like the magical like all-encompassing like god whatever it is force that animates everything and is is being and everything that's like the paddle and the player okay mm -hmm. um the puppet master and so it pushes it off it went then you start you know you're living in the world pinging everywhere learning all these conditions getting afraid identifying with the mind am i making sense mm -hmm. Okay, and so I think that we always think and we've always been taught, I have to I have to do, I have to keep doing this, I have to keep achieving so I can get better, so I can be worthy, but we actually forgot that we can relax and let the ball ping down and rest and come mm. all the way to the bottom where the paddles oh, are. Yes. And that's, for me, that has been, that has been the most magical and valuable thing for me, like, Oh, I like it. Yes. Like recently, the last probably month or so, I've been meditating at least a half an hour a day, if not like a second time. And that's where you plug in to the magic and you actually don't have to do anything. It's the, it's life. She creates everything. She lets everything, like the, you don't have to control the flow of life. Your mind thinks that it has to, but it doesn't you can let life flow through you and things start to happen for you. But in order to do that, you got to stop pinging around in the game. You got to come down. You got to rest. You got to plug into the puppet master, the player. So in playing pinball, <laughs> the only real effect you as the player has on the pinball is when it does get down to the bottom and you can hit the buttons to flick the paddles. So as the pinball going through this chaotic life, pinging off of this and that and this and that, mm -hmm. you have to kind of accept 
the path that you've been flung on to some extent. Yes. And I like what you said, like quieting down, like in a, and kind of relaxing into it. Cause at some point you're going to stop pinging off of these things. Mm-hmm. And that's your opportunity to, to be presented to these paddles of influence mm-hmm. where you can now, because you've relaxed on your journey here, you're back down towards the paddles. And now we got the opportunity, the window of like, okay, I can aim for that high point value pinball target. Yes. And now that I'm by the paddles, if I just do it right and relax into it mm-hmm. and fling, maybe I can get what I've been looking for. It's yes, it's everything we've instead been, of just like smashing about. the paddles. The yeah, whole just like time. keep trying to go because, like you were saying, you're already in inertia. Like you just keep going in those patterns. You might change your situation in the physical, but it's gonna you're gonna feel the same. Ultimately, your reality is going to keep producing the same thing unless you connect with your consciousness, who you truly mm. are. That magic, and and the only way to do that is to literally do nothing that's in my my opinion to like sit back step away from the world that has got you in these conditions and patterns and like connect with who the you are yeah i think i think that's a definitely an awesome strategy in terms of like coming back down to baseline yeah but then there's also the reality that we do have to operate in the world Mm -hmm. we can't just do nothing a hundred percent of the time and i know you're not saying to do that no but um saying a little while yeah but there there is also the the way that we still behave because if like if i meditate for a little while Mm -hmm. a couple times a day Mm -hmm. um and that provides me great benefit but then the rest of the day i'm still doing my like conditioned patterns And, and that's okay i think connecting to that like powerful like slow energy that isn't mind is so magical that it will affect Mm. the rest of your day and lately i've been getting like this deep feeling that collectively like as a society whatever we have no idea how overstimulated we are Mm -hmm. and how bad it is for us like we all just need to take a big freaking chill pill and breathe in through our nose and out through our mouth and probably like be quiet and listen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you heard it here. You heard it here. <laughs> just kidding. What I, what I think is interesting is, again, you and I have had this conversation um, many times about the overstimulation piece. Yeah. Um. And I mean, in my personal life, I know that, mm-hmm. but still I'll, I'll choose many times to, to distract myself, yeah. you know, videos, phones, whatever, instead of actually participating in the real world, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think that that's a huge value. What you're talking about is overstimulation. It's like, instead of living our lives, we're filling our time with things that are distractions mm-hmm. that do keep us from being aware of this, I guess, like deeper part of ourselves is this essence that animates us. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we are doing something, it's like, I just want to get back to my distractions, you know? And I mean, I think that's okay. I think that's part of it. Like being, like becoming aware that you realize you're going back to your distractions. I mean, we all do that. That's the inertia that we've been thrown into since the day we were born. And that's kind of like part of it. 
Um, I mean, it's part of the journey, right? And I think that we're all just like seeking, seeking, seeking hardcore, like looking for that information. And like, in a way that can be distracting as well, when really it's like here, like it's all you have it all. Like that documentary we watched a long time ago, where that, I don't know, it was like, I don't know, the guy was dying. And he said, he realized that he always had everything he ever needed. Mm. Like every morning when he woke up, he wished he would have known I have everything I ever need. So it's really like on the inside. So if you think about it, like how are our hearts beating? How are our nails growing? And how do we just go unconscious and go to sleep every night? And like we just take all these things for granted. We don't notice them because we're so unconscious. We're so identified with mind and society and the world. Um, that we forget these magical things and that magic is inside of you like it literally lives in you every single day keeping your body working the way it's supposed to and all that Um, so it's inside and you can connect to it but you do have to stfu for a little bit to connect to it yeah (laughs) so back to like the life situation versus the life that um is underneath your life situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously what you've been saying is like, we need to be quiet, we need to relax, <laughs> we need to breathe, we need to connect with, yeah. our, with ourselves to kind of realize that our life situation isn't who we actually are and that if we connect to our true self mm-hmm. further down um, intentionally, we can start to not be as swept away with the struggles that yes. our physical self experiences on the day-to-day. And I think, I think that's really it. Sorry. Are you still going? No, that that's really it. And I can hear people saying like, but it's, it's so hard for me. It's not that easy for me to just slow down. It's not that easy for me to breathe. Well, that's your mind again. That's your mind taking away your power and taking away your fulfillment. Your mind wants to, okay, so let's go to that. Um, what Eckhart says, he says, all negativity is created by the mind. So, and that's not you. So you're still identifying with the mind. Whenever the mind says, I can't do it. I can't slow down. I can't do this. I can't do that. Like, okay, well, that's the mind. When you can observe that that's the mind and that's suffering. And when you're like done with suffering and you're ready to put it down, you're going to start separating from the mind. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like as long as you recognize that negativity for what it is. Yeah. Which is a creation of your puppet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's hard because like it's hard because it feels so hard. It's so real. It's in your body. Like if you're if you're in a down place and you're suffering every day, like and somebody tells you, oh, well, that's just your mind's like creation. You can you can stop it if you want to. Well, yes, that's true, but I don't feel like you have empathy for me and I I don't feel like you understand what I'm going through type thing. So it's kind of just like, I don't know. It's like removing. What, Sorry, what are you doing? I'm playing around with this stuff. Behind the sofa. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, obviously. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a piece about everything that we're talking about mm-hmm. that I feel like is is like just out of reach. Like I I, mm-hmm. I don't have words to express what I feel about this whole situation mm-hmm. um, and about all that. Um, yeah, maybe maybe it's a situation. What where, does it feel like in your body? Um, you said there's a piece that you can't reach. What does that feel like in your body? It's like when, when we talk about this, 
and we talk about we just need to be quiet and like relax and breathe and connect with this magical part inside of us or whatever. I agree with all that for sure. Maybe it's the fact that I'm not actually doing that. <laughs> that I, I'm just like, oh, but I, uh, maybe I just need to do it to like get a little bit more content with that idea. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like I almost just want to analyze it more. And maybe maybe just take a, a route that's a little bit more complex when in reality it really is just that simple because we don't have the answers to everything. Mm-mm. I don't think that there is going to be an intellectual um, solution to no. this sort of Mm-mm. problem. Um, and it really comes down to more of this subtle way of intuiting with the flow of life that is is just beyond like our <laughs> ability to like hold. It's nothing tangible. So we just have to almost accept it as that's the way it is that's also what well, creates the beauty in life is, and we have to appreciate tangible. that i do i think oh, it's tangible so i think you're like i'm wanting to analyze it that's the mind again so the beauty and the magic lives in us there's no doubt that's what keeps us alive right so we don't have to understand it intellectually we cannot understand it intellectually but we can feel it mm-hmm. we can know it does that make sense? Yeah, not a, not a mental knowing. like a Yeah, so you can't like keep, keep doing it with the mind. That's the mind. So when you see, when you're like, I'm trying to analyze it, you can just be like, that's not me trying to analyze it. That's my mind trying to figure it out, trying to finish it, trying to make it, make it fit into a box. Mm-hmm. So be like, okay, I'm not going to get there that way. Let me go deeper. Let me feel my body. I think. I think for me... And it took a long time because like, you know, we've been trying to meditate like forever, I feel like. Um, And I'm finally like enjoying it and connecting to it really. But it's no mind. If your mind's involved, that's not it. You just continue to sit back into it and feel it. You can't understand it with your mind. So I don't disagree with you, but I do want to kind of like raise a, a slightly different point. Um, I think the idea of no mind or the idea of quieting our mind to some extreme extent is not necessarily the solution, but I think it's our way in the modern world of like rebalancing this imbalance we've created by being so heavily on the mental, intellectual, analytical side of things. Like we, we live our lives in our heads. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the 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 answer being quieting your mind as much as possible isn't the answer, but it's more of like a rebalancing of the scales or whatever. I think ideally you have a healthy relationship between your mind and thinking and your body intuiting, mm-hmm. if that's even uh, appropriate. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that the brain and, and the thoughts, of course, is like the most helpful tool. Like that's who we are as humans. Um, it's when you can get quiet and slow it down and separate from it and not mm-hmm. identify with it, the compulsion stops. The compulsion of like the constant yeah. mind barf. Yeah. And it is so nice. Yeah. Which... It's not like that all the time, and I feel like I'm not like that all the time, but I do have glimpses of, like, the mind's so quiet, and it feels so damn good and peaceful. But, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's a rebalancing, for sure. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to figure out like what it is that. Yeah. Like stop. why? Why do I feel a little bit off about this whole this whole topic right so now? So you you so I would go into the feeling. You feel off. Where do yeah. you feel off? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Are you feeling emotional? No. Okay. I just I, I feel like um, there's more to explore here that I don't know how. You, you know. You do know how. Well, I'm saying in the moment right now, the that's in, your mind in the discussion in the talking about it. I don't feel like I know how to. Can we stop no, this podcast and I'm gonna go and give you a, a little like meditation session? Sure. No, no. <laughs> I'm joking. Um. No, no. So you feel off? No, I don't. I don't feel off. I think in in regards to this topic and where we've gotten with it, um, I feel like there's more to explore, but I don't know how to get there. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. There's more to explore. Yeah. Like in, in the, in the, the problem of this, you know, like how the, the mindfulness, quieting your mind, um, realizing your life situation is not who you really are. Mm -hmm. Like that whole idea. Um, I feel like there's obviously much more to it and I feel like it's there, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to get to it with words right now. Um, I think that, you know, Eckhart says the mind creates problems Mm -hmm. and that there's so many, and Mickey Singer says this too, there's so many thoughts and conditions, like layers on layers on layers where it makes it feel complicated, but it's really not. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that 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 might be what it is. I think it's kind of like the human condition. That's like, hey, I want more out of this. I need the next thing. Like, the human condition wants it to be. We're just searching for something and wants to figure it out. Yeah, when in reality, that is what it is. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, and um, you know, they say that the mind wants unrealistic everything. It Mm -hmm. it constantly resists what is. And so when you're constantly fighting reality because you're only identified with your mind, it piles up. And, you know, it shows up in different ways. You know, um, most people wouldn't say that they're, like, unhappy. And and that's fine. That's good wherever you are. But if you really looked back at it, it's like, in what ways am I engaging in very unhealthy distractions, like all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and am I living purposefully and the way, am I treating everyone with truly like motivations of kindness and love? Or is it just like a role that I'm playing that like looks like kindness, kindness and love. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was a huge struggle for me for a long time. It was like, I wanted to be a good person. I was trying to be a good person, but I felt like I was like pretending everything. Mm. Um, And I think it's because I, I, I was like so heavily identified with the mind and feeling like I had to achieve and had to do in order to, in order to like be worthy of love. And, um, and I, I didn't give myself the love and kindness and compassion that is always available to me. Like I just didn't, I, I was so heavily my thoughts that like, I didn't even realize that I was beating myself down like every second of the day. Mm. So, yeah.
What was that journey like for you? It was an internal struggle. It was like I was never comfortable in any moment, even if nothing bad, because nothing bad would be going on. Like I have and had a wonderful life always. Um, but it was like this like discomfort. And it was like, oh, and like this just fight or flight in my body, which I've become way more aware of. Like I'm way more relaxed than I was a half a year ago, a year ago, you know, um, just from sitting sitting more and doing less and just all the things you know like so the meditations the writing the reading the podcast just a lot of like internal time um I do think like the biggest thing for me is like finding my faith I guess you can call it or connecting with what I feel like is God Mm -hmm. has helped me a lot so it's like a shift from valuing what the external world Mm. thinks of you to what instead what the internal world thinks of you yes realizing that your worth is not defined by other people or situations outside of you but instead Mm -hmm. the limitless worth you were born with beautiful yep and coming back to that that's right it's untouched it's always there for me it's always mine everybody has it yeah that's something that I couldn't even like think of Hmm. a few years ago. Me too. Yeah. I was not there a few years ago. Yeah. And if you would have told me something about it, I would be like, yeah, okay. Like I could have just taken it for what it, what it was, but I wouldn't have any kind of relationship with that, Mm -hmm. you know, but whenever you experience something like that in some way, it's like a different level of beauty, you know, like this idea that, you are loved without having to do anything to deserve that. Mm-hmm. That's like probably one of the most beautiful things. That's it. Maybe the most beautiful thing. Yeah. About life. And if you can, if you can experience that in your day to day life and hold that as true, mm-hmm. that'll probably be good. That'll, that'll be a good thing. <laughs> that'd be good. That'd be a good thing. Um, I think a lot of the collective might not be able to get there because they don't pay attention to their internal world as much. And not that they need to. I think we're all on a different journey, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, it's like they might have like a down day. And instead of being like, what's going on here? Like, what is this feeling trying to say? What is this? And it's okay to feel this way. Like, let me just like be here and hold myself. It's more like, I'll be fine. Like, I just, once I go back to work, I'll be fine. Like, I'll stop crying then or whatever. And, and that's all fine for me. I just, I do think I'm a very sensitive person and I take in a lot and I need a lot of rest as we both have figured out and know. Um, I, I think that I was done with that. Like I was done with just like overriding my internal experience because the charge was too strong. Like it was taking over and it was making me tired and it was making me feel sick and making me like depressed. So I had to pay attention to it and like give it what it needed. Um, that's just my journey and my experience. And I think that has ultimately led me to a more peaceful me, a more real me. Would you say that that overwhelm, that tiredness mm-hmm. that you're describing comes from 
keeping up with the Joneses. Basically, yeah. yeah. Like this idea that the my life situation is a certain way and I have to do all these things to maintain the life that I'm living. And that's the most important thing. Like I can't I can't stop. I can't take time for myself because if I do, then my life situation is gonna spiral out of control. Yeah. And I'm gonna be miserable that way. Not even realizing that what you're doing to maintain your life situation the way it that is it is to, is actually making you miserable. Yeah, that's it for sure. I mean, it can get a lot more complicated with that. It's like, you know, the identification with like mommy guilt, like doing anything for mm -hmm. myself. Like first year, I've come so far. Like first year, it's like I felt like if I was away from Finley, I was a bad mom. Like mm -hmm. just dealing with all that and like taking any time for myself. Um, and, you know, choosing fun over work or whatever. It's like. Yeah. So yes, exactly. And keeping up with the world, like feeling like, you know, I spent a lot of time resting, I feel like, and I, I felt so guilty about it. I'm now learning, like, if I want to feel good internally and not have this internal struggle and a, and a lot of times, like, um, you know, reflecting like on growing up and stuff, all the times where I was like emotional or like had outburst or whatever, it's like, I would do it. And I would feel bad about it. And I'd want to like defend my position because I'm like, I'm not bad. I promise I'm not bad. You know, like it's the ego or the mind being like, I'm defending my position because I'm not bad. It's realizing none of that is me at all. And I'm a really sensitive person. So if I'm taking in a lot and I'm not doing and resting the way I need to I'm going to outburst like mm -hmm. and like having that compassion for myself that this is a true real experience for me and acknowledging that experience and then and then doing what I need to do for myself does that make sense I feel like I trailed off a lot um but yeah you're right it's like it's like feeling bad for not keeping up with everybody when, when just trying to keep up with everybody was making me miserable yeah. yeah, it's this idea where you feel like there's certain demands put on you that you have to satisfy all of these demands to people outside of you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the only way other people are going to be pleased with me. Yes. But in reality, if you take the time for yourself to do what you actually need, you rest, etc., mm -hmm. you can actually please people even better, probably. And you're also not going to be as run down, but also... The pleasing of those other people if they make unrealistic demands on you or whatever or if they don't understand you a certain way it doesn't really matter if they're pleased or not right um, what matters is if you can be as close to who you really are as possible i don't know i think so i think it comes with realizing we're all individuals and need different things and how we've just been forced into this paradigm of like work eight hours a day only have two days off, always be like getting stuff done and cleaning the house or whatever. Like this paradigm of like, go, go, go. When as humans, we're not meant to function at that pace. Probably like, like I said earlier, collectively, we're all in fight or flight overstimulated and don't even realize it, that we're just like on this freaking like hamster wheel. Like it's, yeah. So we need to question the assumptions question the assumptions question what to. we're doing if you want to if you're happy with where you are great for me I like internally struggled like like since I was pregnant like I woke up in some type of way where I was like I can't freaking do this anymore mm -hmm. and I was struggling with trying to do it and trying to hold it together and like 
creating new ways for myself. And it was like a whole mind thing that I had to let go of these expectations on myself and Mm -hmm. let go of what I thought I needed to do and what everybody else thought I needed to do. And I'm not there yet. Like I'm still working on it, obviously. Yeah. That, that's been a theme. I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but about like expectations and about assumptions. Things that we think are important that we just automatically live our lives for mm-hmm. and are the motivations behind doing what we do without ever thinking, is this actually important? Like, is it really important that I work for this certain thing? Or strive towards this certain goal? Mm. Like, is that actually what I want? Or is this something that I feel like pressured into because of the conditions of the world that I live in? Because of the family I come from? Because of what other people in my world are doing? Mm. Um, and I think that's a part of how you, what you talked about earlier, where it was hard for you to feel like love for yourself because there was always some sort of yourself like putting yourself down. And if we strive for things that are expected of us that are outside of us uh, because of family expectations, society expectations, or whatever we assume the expectations are of us. If we do those things, we might actually end up denying ourselves Mm. of that love that we inherently all deserve and have constantly. Um, But if we're like subconsciously operating in a way that denies ourselves then in a way we're, we're, we're telling ourselves every day that we're, we're not love. We don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. And then we might even project that onto the world around us being like, Oh, oh yeah. nobody, nobody says I deserve love or whatever, because you feel shitty and you don't even see in the world, whatever kind of positive things there are to see. We'll just kind of get attracted to the things that reinforce our own ideas of ourselves. Mm-hmm. where if I'm always, pushing myself to achieve or satisfy someone else or someone else's ideals, Mm -hmm. then what I'm going to notice in the world are things that also deny me of myself. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I think that's just the way it works. Like to simplify it, like it's like, um, I don't know, maybe you can give an analogy. Like it's, it's like a machine. It's like basically the way you feel about yourself is what you're going to see in the world. Yeah. And that's going to be your experience. And that's also going to be your sign that there's something you need to do differently. Yes. And I think most people, it's hard to become aware of that because you're like, I don't have those thoughts. Like I used Mm -hmm. to think that like, I don't put myself down or whatever. And then But I don't know what happened, but I started realizing, wait, wow, like I deny myself here. I deny myself here. I deny myself here. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't in words like you're bad and horrible or whatever, but that's what it equated to. Um, Yeah. So I I think that piece is exactly what you said. Uh, So how do you start to become aware of that? Maybe you do you ask yourself first, like, Am I in a good place? Am I happy internally or am I always struggling? Or I think what you probably do is identify the things that are bothering you the most. Cause that's, what, mm-hmm. that's probably going to be the easiest things to identify. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if, if every day you're struggling with the same thing or similar things mm-hmm. then like write it down and be like, Hey, write what's, down, what's yeah. my, like, what's the obstacle that's always presenting itself to me, mm-hmm. you know, or what am I always frustrated with? 
Mm-hmm. And when you identify that, you can then maybe look at that and say, how am I creating this in my in my world, in my life? That might be a big jump for somebody a, to make. Yeah. Um, but I do think ultimately the things that are constantly causing us problems mm-hmm. are somehow related to something that we're doing that makes us sensitive to this particular yes. problem in our life. Yes. You know? That that clicks for me, for sure. And it's very hard to explain. So let's take like a situation. Here's like common situations that I hear. It's either like I'm burnout with work and like work's like killing me or it's like spouse is doing something that's like pissing me off and making me, me mad. Like mm-hmm. which one do you want to do? Uh, let's do the first one. Okay, so work's like burning me out, okay? Mm-hmm. Like I'm exhausted. I never blah, blah, blah. Every day is exhausting. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with that? If that presents itself to you almost all the time. Where do you start? I think, so what I was trying to describe just now is seeing that thing. Okay, so we got burnout at work. Mm -hmm. Work is exhausting me. Mm -hmm. So then you flip it on because work is not actually exhausting you. Mm -hmm. Like work can't do that to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But what if people argue with, yeah, I can. Like, what if they argue, I have to wake up early, I have to do this, I have to do that physically, blah, blah, blah. From a certain perspective, yes, it yeah. can do that for you. But if, like, if you're dissatisfied with something... Like, so you let's come from the perspective of I am taking responsibility for myself and want to change my, my feelings on this situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. So let's take that perspective. So I feel like we need to start with like one thing because we're talking okay. about work overwhelm and then you talked about having to wake up early and do this and do that. Well, it comes with it, right? So, okay, so work overwhelm. Okay, so let's say like I'm working a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I have very long hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to Sorry. describe that. Because it's like you... The work doesn't actually cause the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. The work might be the the stimulus in your world mm-hmm. that triggers the overwhelming response that you have. Mm-hmm. But the work didn't cause the overwhelm, kind of. From mm-hmm. a certain perspective, it can definitely seem that way because without the work, the overwhelm is gone, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, maybe. But ultimately, that's your response. Your response is overwhelm. Now, overwhelm might be a difficult one to kind of talk about, even though I kind of chose it from your list of examples. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, man, you're contributing to your own overwhelm yeah. in some way because of the way that you interpret the work that you, quote unquote, have to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, if you're, if you're going to go to work, if you're not going to change your job, if you're not going to drastically change your um if you're not going to change it right then you have to stop talking about it because that and and this is is bringing me back to like core beliefs i believe that like so your beliefs are energy they set in motion your world right and we are like we were saying the way you feel about yourself is going to be your experience we are like magnets like we work like magnets like you will attract and be whatever you feel about yourself so it's like if you continue to add fuel to the work is horrible fire Mm -hmm. it's going to keep being horrible so maybe it's like the first thing like stop talking about it 
Yeah, probably. I mean, I think if you if <laughs> you so talk about it. it, if if I have a job that's overwhelming me and that's all I talk about, mm-hmm. then of course it's going to overwhelm me because that then becomes my life condition. That becomes my patterns. That's the way that I interpret work. It is overwhelm. Yeah. Um, and if that's how I interpret it, that's always what it's going to feel like to me. That's always going to be my experience with it. Mm-hmm. So in a certain way, you got to kind of reframe it. So. Reframe. Because like work, yes, it can be overwhelming, but it's also the way that you sustain your life mm-hmm. in whatever kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that you're going to like it more or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you're not going to change your job, if you're not going to make a difference or, or do something different, right. you have to, if you want to experience something different, you have to change the way you perceive it or change the way you interpret it right. or find some way of switching the way that your work or your life situation impacts you and what you feel. Impacts you. And yeah, it's so complex because it goes to the point of two. I think we're all individuals. I think some people can handle eight hours of work and have a balanced life. I think some people absolutely cannot do that because they're not designed that way. So it's like, it's so complex. It's like, where do you start? It's a really, it really depends on the individual. So I forgot (laughs) what we started this example off for. Can you remind me what that Um, was? I think we just were like, okay, how do we apply practically to life situations? Like what the hell we're talking about? No, it was something, it was something more specific than that. It was. Well, I'm just saying I I, like the things that I hear from people like that. Oh, we said the obstacles that present themselves. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So it, it was like how that is a reflection of what we do to ourselves, I guess. Correct. So if we look at, so, so we want to kind of flip it instead of looking at the world causing our problems, it's like, how do we interact with ourselves in a way that we become more sensitive to the problems that we see? I guess that, that's, I think that's kind of the way we want to frame it. Yeah, so yeah. with the work overwhelm piece, mm-hmm. um, so we talked about how it's the way that we perceive the work that we have to do. Um, okay. It may be that the work that we are doing mm-hmm is exhausting to ourselves because it's not actually what we want to do mm-hmm. you know so of course my job is going to overwhelm me if i'm making myself do this thing that i don't even want mm-hmm. you know right so it's almost like i feel like my work is overwhelming me but in reality i'm overwhelming myself by putting expectations on me to mm-hmm. do things that I don't even that want to do. I don't want to do. Yeah. So it's like giving yourself that compassion. Like, hey, you've been doing this and you don't want to do it. Like, let's find something else. So that friction that you encounter in your world mm-hmm. needs to be a trigger of like, okay, mm-hmm. how am I causing this problem for me? Mm-hmm. How am I actually overwhelming myself? Because I'm saying that work is overwhelming me, but I think that I'm actually overwhelming me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, it might be, that might be overwhelming to some people to now problem. And I would definitely take that. Um, I would take that perspective. I understand that. But I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are like, no, that, that doesn't make sense. Like well, work overwhelms That's also, also difficult too. Like if, <laughs> if you tell me, so if I'm overwhelmed with work mm-hmm. and you tell me, hey, that's actually you overwhelming yourself. And now I have to be like, oh, well, fuck, I, I I can't not do my job. I need to make a living. Right. I need to blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks for adding to my list of problems. Right. Now I'm the problem and my work's the problem mm-hmm. and I have no way out because mm-hmm. I can't just not do this job, you know? Um, and that's a tough situation to be in. And that's what I think what we talked about a second ago is changing your perspective, changing how you view 
your job that you're in that if you're not going to yeah. change you have to you have to make some kind of change there and ultimately if you're doing something that you don't enjoy and you want to do something that you enjoy you have to change your job you have to find a different situation right. that works you for you or to. you have to change yourself exactly and and once you take responsibility and know that you control you most people and I remember feeling like this way at a certain point in time when I like decided I'm no longer gonna blame my life situations you mm -hmm. know it feels like not fair it feels like no mm. it is my life situation that's fucking everything up I want to blame that shit mm -hmm. like but once you can let that go you really take the power back because yeah. you then can change your situation and you can go above and beyond and you can stop staying in the same exact spot that you're in and pointing to all your life situations and blaming them for why you are the way you are yeah that goes to the other example that you were thinking about like a relationship argument basically something that aggravates you about the person that you're in a relationship with like if you're having an argument and you have a really good point mm -hmm. but you know that presenting your point during that argument is probably going to make it worse what if instead you didn't say it at all yeah. what if instead you kind of dropped it and you like mm -hmm. settled it settled in, in it. a way without making your point that would definitely add fuel to the fire you know right um the same way with what you're talking about a second ago about um uh, i'm so horrible at remembering what we just said <laughs> but but it was it was that but in that different context you know Yes, it's it's a very like nuanced Accepting thing. Accepting your life. Yeah, it's very nuanced. <laughs> because cause I think about my friends, love you all my friends, and then, you know, them talking about their significant other yeah. and like the things that they get mad at. And I feel their struggle, you know. Um, it, like, well, I mean, yeah. we, we've all been through that. We've all been and there. Even yeah, if, we've all been there. Even if you realize that those struggles probably aren't that important and that we should probably just get over it. We still all, we still all, yeah. That, you know? mm -hmm. But it's the, the degree to which you want to hold on to your position in that, that you're going to be miserable by that same thing, problem. Because you holding on to your position is what makes you miserable. Yeah. Like what if whatever you think that is important in that argument, what if you just completely let it go? Right. And you said that it's not important and I don't need to what make that you, point. I don't yeah. need to hold my position. I, I think that's something that I've learned a lot. You know, it's like, of course, the the things that you know that I really feel like I want or whatever like in respect to being in a relationship and like respect for me respect for you of course like let's set those boundaries let's set those agreements but if it's just little things here and there and it's like you're holding on to that position so hard like you are ultimately the one making yourself miserable and it's it, I mean it's true right mm -hmm. I mean, if something needs to be said, needs to be changed by all means. Um, but like yeah. at the same point, you have to ask yourself, am I, am I making myself miserable with all these thoughts and my position? And like, what if I took this time right now and like did something for myself? Or what if I took this time and I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But, I think in the context of a relationship argument, you have to ask hard. yourself, am I trying to win or am I trying to improve my relationship? And am I doing this because I'm trying to control something or someone? Which is you know, like, win, yeah. yeah, like, 
So because a relationship isn't. A, am I trying to win? It's yeah. not like my team versus your team. It's not me versus you. And if it's set up that way, then you're always going to struggle because when you have two sides, yeah, it's, it's always going to be, gonna be a battle. You. Yeah. You know. But if instead it's like a relationship where you're actually on the same team, um, your arguments, if you're having an argument. Um, should be about, well, how can we work better together right. so that we can strengthen our relationship, improve our situation instead of how can I beat my significant right. other so that I can get my So position. what do you do whenever you you take that position? You're like, I want to be on the same team or whatever. But the other person still like has the wall up and they're like, they're still trying to defend their their point of view. Oh, uh, you have to file for divorce immediately. I'm just well, joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Just get the papers. No, just... no, I think what you have to do is you have to set the example. You have to you have to, you have to model what you want from that person. Right. Not not in a way that's like now I expect you to behave like me. Yeah. In a way of like I'm going to take a position. Yeah. I'm going to behave in the way that I want our relationship to look like. Correct. And you might go through years of being the only one years. living that way. Mm -hmm. And you may eventually get to a point where you have to rethink yeah. the value of your relationship. Right. But ultimately, if you can model mm -hmm. what you want in your relationship, then you might be more likely to get it versus being like, you need to be more like this. Right. Yeah. So when you are in those down times, you can almost ask like, okay, how can I serve this relationship? Like, what can I do to service us? You know? Yeah. So if like, if be an if, example, like you said, yeah, if, if you do something that I find annoying, which, which every I, single day, which I so right? often do, but you have to understand that that's your problem. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I tell you that all the time. And you tell me like that sometimes you. too. Yeah, it's funny. Well, I mean, but you, let's get into it, you know? <laughs> what about you? It's like funny you? because I feel like when you point things out, I'm like aware and understand. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that. And when I point things out to you, you're like, nope. Mm -mm, no. You know what's funny is I see it the exact same way ah! from my point of view. When No, I, mean, it, it's, I think it's just how it I is. I know, it's funny that we both see that. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I guess we both spot it. You got it, huh? Oh, yeah, I think everybody does. Um, see, I already forgot what we were talking about. So small things that annoy us about each other. I don't yes. want to go into what it is that actually annoys me about you sometimes, but Do it happens. It. Go it in. Happens. What? Tell me one. No, but I mean, when it, when it comes to something like that. Am I that, so cute that it's annoying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my number one complaint with that you. That I'm too adorable. That you're too adorable. Mm, that's so sweet. <laughs> no, I really forgot where we were going with this. Oh, I can name the things that annoy me about you. I didn't forget any of those. That's, that's not what <laughs> Wait, we let were me doing. Get my no let me get my notebook out. Just kidding. I know, I know. Where I think we were like talking about like the position and like defending your position and like questioning do i just want to win or yeah. can i let this go and can i be the example of how i want this relationship to go yeah it's hard it's it's really hard i actually think it's easier in big arguments maybe i'm wrong yeah could be because I think on insignificant stuff, it's like, so what that I have this position? It's a small, it's a small issue, you know. But if you have a big argument, it's like, oh well, this can actually cause damage. Hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. I don't know. Um, I 
feel like the more it's I don't know it's time and growth too like I feel like I'm much easier like able to let things go after 10 years rather than like the first year so like you know that's a that's an interesting idea too of letting things go Mm -hmm. because like so often you can be in a position where it's like okay well I can either continue arguing my side or I can let it go and you might just be like I let it go but in reality you didn't you just stopped yeah. arguing in the about past. It. I feel like that's that was me. I feel like I do truly let it go more now. But like, I feel like probably year six was kind of like, OK, I'm not arguing anymore. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I'm not arguing anymore. But I really did not let sh- that shit go. I kept that shit yeah. on a mental note permanent marker ready to bust it out whenever I needed to. Yeah. You know how that is. Um, I think every guy is very impressive, actually, to like unconsciously remember all that shit. Yeah, that's crazy. It's beautiful. I mean, it's really um, it's probably like a skill, you know, that's not used. Yeah. In certain ways. I definitely don't have that skill. Yeah, you definitely. I literally forgot what we talked about a second ago. Yeah. That's how you let it go. Bad memory. Yeah, that's how you let it go. Just like don't remember things. Um, but the, I think I do think there is an art to like letting something go and dropping your position. Sorry, I'm texting your mom back. One second. Tell but, I said, hey. Okay. Um, but remember what you said. I already forgot. Okay, so you think there's an art, an art to letting it go. You know, like truly letting it go, like what we talked about, uh, as opposed to just like not talking about it and burying it. Like uh-huh. if it still bothers you, you haven't let it go. Okay, so let's say this. So it goes back to the questioning assumptions, uh, dropping our expectations, mm-hmm. if that's appropriate. You know? So first, we have to remember that truly letting it go serves you because yeah. you're no longer holding on to it, like totally. with your body. Like so, you're not like tightening up in your throat you're not holding on to it in your heart you're not feeling like sick about it or whatever um so it does serve you but let's talk about how to let it go like how do you let that shit go especially if it's something that like you really like that your partner does that it really pisses you off and you really feel like they're not being empathetic towards you or whatever like how do you let it go that's hard i don't know how to answer that because it's 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 the same question of how do you change your opinion hmm yeah. I don't know. How so you do that. maybe you have to question like, okay, where That's why I think there's an art to it. It's not like a it's not a science. There's no how to, no steps. It's right. like you have to you have to feel it and you have to grow to a certain point where it's like, Oh, okay, I can, I can drop that. Maybe thing. it needs to be, okay, like what can I learn about myself in this situation? Yeah. Um like okay, so I'll go two ways. One way it can be because I truly believe that everything that is like playing out in your life, all the triggers that you have in your body comes from you feeling unsafe in a certain way Mm -hmm. or running into something when you were younger. And Mm -hmm. it's still playing out in your life because your brain's like looking for it, right? Because we don't want that to happen again. It's just how things work. So it needs to be like, okay, what am I feeling in my body right now? So like your partner does something and you feel pissed off. Like, what am I feeling? Where is it? And I'm not making this up. I've learned this from like, coaching and all this stuff mm-hmm. you know got it from other people so it's like okay i feel it like in my heart and my stomach okay what is this so like maybe it's like i feel mad because and then you're like okay anger what what do you have to say and it's like i feel like they betrayed me because blah 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 you know and like you just like let the anger speak 
And I think once you like point it out and you separate it a little bit and you let the anger like say what it has to say, it's like it's been acknowledged. So it feels like it's being taken care of. You know, it's not just staying on the inside. It's coming out. Um, and then you can kind of like counsel yourself, coach yourself and ask yourself questions and maybe get to a better spot than where you were before. And that can maybe possibly help in letting it go. And I think it's also having a partner who understands your triggers. Like I feel like at times like I'm able to tell you like I'm so triggered right now because blah, 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 blah. And um, so it, it's nice to have that too. Um, but if you don't have that, you know, uh, yeah. you can still talk to yourself. I can't remember the second way I was going to say. Oh, it's all it's like just like what what am I learning about myself in this situation? Like is this anger towards so and so for whatever? Like is it because I'm I'm like trying to control them? Is it because I feel like they're not giving me enough attention? Is it because blah 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 and you kind of make the other person out into a villain when they're really not. Yeah. They really just whatever. I think part of it too is not taking your partner's argument personally like mm -hmm. whatever their position is the reason you want to fight your side is because their side is like offending you in some kind of way that is like a life lesson on everything like do not take shit personally but continue yeah totally like because like if, let if you're mad at me for something i can i can choose to be mad at you for being mad at me you know, and if I do that, this whole thing is is chaos. Right. You know, and but it's if like, instead, do you want that? instead, if I if I like, if you're mad at me, I can be like, well, you probably have a reason to be mad at me. I can recognize that it's important to you in that certain way, and it's not really about me. It's about what you're experiencing there. You know, so I can have compassion for you for feeling the way that you feel, mm -hmm. um, because it's important to you. Right. You know, I might have a difference of opinion. Um, and I can voice that if necessary or if I want to, um, maybe so that we can come to an understanding. But it shouldn't be you're mad at me. Now I'm going to talk shit about right. you because you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. just a very combative and like shitty way yeah. to go about doing things. And you have to become aware if, right, if you're both like what they call it slinging mud, if you're both defending your spot, it's mm -hmm. like that is a child. And I'm not saying child to like make fun of a child. I'm like, you're literally living in a child who has who has no tools, mm -hmm. who has no other perspective besides I need to defend my spot because, you know, whatever. Like, do you want to take the child's perspective or do you want to grow, you know? And yeah. Well, what you were talking about earlier, the the triggers that we have, like if you're mad at me and then I get angry because like, how dare you be mad at me? Mm -hmm. That can easily go back to a childhood thing mm -hmm. where it's like you felt like everybody was always picking on you or right. you felt like um, you didn't deserve what you experienced for whatever reason. Somebody treated you bad or something. So if you're mad at me, it's like, well, how dare you? Right. You know, and most people go back. I'm not most people, but a lot of people do go back to that. Mm hmm. And they can't see the other side. Yeah. But you have to realize you're holding on to that hurt. Yeah, I think it comes down to, like, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you love that person, that person deserves your love regardless of if they're mad at you or That's not. That's a big one. You know? So if, like, if you're mad at me, well, like, hey, I love you regardless of how you feel about me right mm -hmm. now. Um, 
And whatever you're mad at me for, if if it's like valid, if I actually did something, like number one, I'm sorry. Maybe I can give you some perspective you on what I was going through. No, I'm I don't even know what yesterday was. Joking. <laughs> I, I figure there's probably nothing. something. I don't know. Oh, I'm there's sorry. always something, baby. I know. Well, I am sorry for it's whatever okay. it is. Uh, whatever my role in it is, and with everything you're dissatisfied with, I am sorry. Thank you. Doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to change it, but I am it sorry. Doesn't. I know that. I've learned <laughs> that. Um, however, I hope to grow enough one day to change it. Yeah. Um, and that's how you handle that, you guys. That was beautiful. If, Blake is showing off for if everybody. You are um, open enough to my um, approach to that, you know? Because I think what I just said could be very offensive to lots of people. Like, what do you mean? Like, if you were mad at me like that and I said that exact thing, you might be the you fucking asshole. Like, what? Like, you think you can just get off the hook by just saying that shit? Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've gotten to this point in my life where it's like, after being a mom, it's just like, I don't give, I don't give a fuck. Like, let's <laughs> like, let's move on. Like, I do remember like you just like being sorry. I'm like, really? So it just takes everything away, right? Yeah. But no, yeah. After you like have other things to care about, you're just like, eh, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's me burying things again. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think obviously. In any relationship, neither perfect person is perfect. So there's except gonna for be, our relationship, I'm perfect. But yeah, go on. But there, there, there's gonna be things that the people don't see eye to eye on, and there's gonna be fault on both sides if you can call it fault. Right. And there's gonna be like incongruencies in how you interact with each other, and that's gonna be there. You know, I, I think what it what it comes down to, like your success in navigating those arguments, is how much compassion you can have for the other person. Yeah. How much can you put yourself in their shoes? How much can you reflect on your own behavior and realize that what you do and your opinions and your expectations, your assumptions, how ultimately faulty they all are, because there is no absolute truth in what we assume to be true in certain situations. So it's like how much perspective perspective. How wide of a perspective can you actually have with it? And how much or how much do you identify with what your position is and what your other person's um, argument is? How personally you take those things, you know? I think it's a spectrum of where you are with all those certain things. So I think the message you said a second ago is to not be offended uh, by anything is probably the one of the best things you can ever or do. Don't take it personally. Because of what that means is, yeah, yeah. Don't take it personally because that, that'll really um, give you a much wider view with which to like view the world, you know. If you go about the world saying that, well, you can't say this to me, you can't say this to me, I don't want to hear about this or this or this, well, then you're much more vulnerable to feeling bad about things that happen in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have control over somebody else saying something to you, you know. Mm -hmm. So if if you have this like guard up or like all these things offend me, well, there's going to be a high chance that you're going to be offended by somebody saying something. If instead you're like, okay, I have no control over what anybody says yeah. or what anybody does or what anybody thinks, mm -hmm. well, I can go through the world not being offended by anything because it's like, I, I don't have agency over you. I only have agency over me. Right. So if you tell me something that is potentially offensive, mm -hmm. I can instead go, I have no control over that. I can't make you stop saying that yeah. or stop thinking that or feeling that or believing that. Right. What I can do is hear what you say and either decide to be offended by it or decide to let it be what it is, you know? 
And I could choose my level of engagement with something like that. But yeah. ultimately, that's what my choice is. That's where my control lies. It is in what I think, how I perceive the world, how I behave, how I act, um, not in how things outside of me behave or act. And I think that's the, the biggest the thing that I've ever learned mm -hmm. in regards to managing myself in the world. Because um, it's, it's easy to be angry at something. Yeah. It's easy to be offended. Um, but it, I think that it's going to lead to more struggle, you know, more displeasure. Um, and I think those things are important too. But, you know, if you're tired of feeling that way, you can realize that you only have control over yourself and not over anything else. So if you're miserable and you've been miserable for a long time, like we said before, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. And your shit. <laughs> First of all, I want to commend you for everything you said from beginning to end. Like, that's why I love you. That's definitely why I love you. Um, it was so good. So wise. And I always did admire that about you. Like, I feel like, you know, you said you learned that. And I was like, wow, like, that's a, that's a big, important thing that he's taught me. And it's taught me forgiveness for myself, too. Like, you know, me, mm, like, this thing, you know, personally, I talked about my experience a little bit, like, how I feel like I was always like kind of like having outbursts and like being very emotional every now and then um because I think I was just I'm overly sensitive I was always that way I always cried too much or cried a lot and um and like in our marriage like me just having these moments where I like do that and beat myself down you were always like so forgiving and showed me like you said I still love you like of course like of course everybody still loved me but like I really felt that from you like you really allowed me to be um so thank you for that and, and so how did you learn okay so like you said it's easy to be offended it's easy to be mad how did you learn and shift to live mostly day to day with like low level engagement with anger. Like I, I love, that's another thing I love about you. Like the peace that you bring to just everything. You're just so calm for the most part. Now you do get a little riled up sometimes over certain things. You're damn right. You're damn right. Sometimes on the road, maybe, no, you barely ever get road rage, but like oh. that's one people can probably really relate to. Um, it's like, how did you learn that shift and really embody it and integrate it? In your life or were you always kind of that way um i think because I, I think you talked about how you used to struggle with like in relationships like jealousy and stuff like that and yeah. how you kind of just dropped that yeah um i think i was able to see or like experience like the negative sides of like anger Mm -hmm. and irritability and like so um, what do you mean the negative sides because there's probably so many people who are unaware to that yeah i'll just say there's, a, just mo in it. there's a model in my life that i recognize that i don't like when this person's angry you i don't know? like when this like it seems angry. unnecessary like why would you be angry over that thing and I also saw those same tendencies in me when I was younger. Mm. Um, and I mean, I still so hear it now. So you saw those tendencies. See, that's what I admire about you too. I feel like you always had like a high level of awareness of yourself. Like you really, sometimes you don't. I'm, Audience out there, he's very unaware sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes in certain, you do. Certain things are very, and honestly, I think it's, I think it's a, a result of things that I would characterize as faults for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would come from my, like 
childhood shyness and my overly um like you were hyper aware because you my hypersensitivity like to myself yeah. yeah pretty mm-hmm. much like the things that i i was most like it came from my fears you know like i was scared to be seen certain ways mm-hmm. or scared of judgment from other people so i always judged myself and when you when you judge yourself you you, you notice things about yourself that you don't like and I think some things were obviously not a good thing to not like about myself. Um, but things that I saw myself doing that were mimicking things that other people were doing that I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't like that. But you saw that. And also just the critical part of myself is what ultimately led me to the spot of like, I'm the problem. <laughs> like in my life, if I experience something that's not good, it's not because somebody else did it. It's because I did it. Wait, I think some people need to hear this because we all need to hear this. Look in your life and see where you are the common denominator. Yeah. Just look and see. So you talked about in relationships for me when I was younger, jealousy was a problem. Right. And it definitely was. And it came from my insecurities. Uh, insecurity that like, oh, the person that I was with the was going to leave me. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. somebody else was better than me because I had a huge inferiority complex my entire life. I still do to some extent thinking that I'm less than other people around me. So if you go into a relationship where you think you're less than other people, you're always going to be scared that the person that you're with is going to leave you because they'll finally realize that you're a piece of shit and not worthy of their love. You know, like that's kind of where that comes from. And that's another thing. If you're not aware of that question, do you feel that way? And if you don't feel that way in words, is that what your behavior is pointing to? Continue. Yeah. So for me in a relationship, I was like, well, why are my relationships only ever lasting this long? (laughs) And then the person that I'm with like gets bored of me and like leaves me baby boy and i was like well what are their complaints of me maybe you were playing on your phone too much i didn't have a phone back then probably oh or it wasn't smartphones oh well (laughs) i don't know where that came from okay good continue (laughs) um so back then it, it was like um the complaints i would get would be like either they're showing signs of jealousy at something very insignificant from that i would do and i would get super defensive or I would bring up something that I was jealous about and it turned out to be like a big blow up in my face, which ultimately led to like the end of relationships. Um, I mean, I'm talking about like high school relationships yeah, yeah, yeah. here. So these are very immature to begin with, but it taught me a pretty good lesson that right. every time I showed hints of my jealousy, mm-hmm. it worked against me. Mm-hmm. Like that was a huge clue. I wish that you would get jealous. I'm just okay. And if like there were... Still- i'm sorry continue (laughs) and if there were like different relationships for me that followed the same pattern yet these people that i was in relationships with had longer relationships with other people i was like hmm problem must be me and of course you hear that that like idea out there you know if like in a relationship they always go the same way where you're the common denominator there where you were saying before so i i came to the conclusion that hey it's me what do i need to do different and that and that's a hard conclusion to come to to say hey it's it's me because it's that ego that thought that wants to say i'm never wrong i didn't do anything wrong they were wrong yeah and again the reason why i came to that conclusion is because i was so self-critical and because mm. I always did kind of just blame myself anyway. Oh. So I think in a way, things that I would consider negative about me led to a pretty important realization. Important change. Which it, and it's not that we should beat ourselves down and say, I'm, 
I'm the reason I have all these negative things in my life. It's my fault. Like we don't right. need to beat ourselves up about it, but we do need to realize that that's where we have the opportunity to make some changes with right. our own That's selves. where the opportunity is. And it's not beating yourself down like that. It's like looking at it from like a higher perspective, like a more objective perspective where it's like, I don't have to make this mean anything. Like just because, so, so I can point out that, wow, I see that my jealousy led to this. Like, so I don't have to say like, I'm a piece of shit because I'm jealous. It's like, okay, well what's feeding this jealousy? It's my insecurity. Okay. So um, and I think you said like at some point in time you decided, which for me is, if you're going to put words on it, it's a real like step towards self love being like whoever I'm with, mm -hmm. they're, they're either going to, I don't remember what you said. Like they're yeah. going to. Cause the fear was if, if I stopped being jealous, yeah, like if I, if I actually stopped instead of just like not saying something when I felt jealous. Like if I actually stopped being jealous and like, so if I were with somebody and she was talking to some guy somewhere, if I truly just looked at it and been like, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to react Except to this at all. reality. Yeah. And it goes back to kind of what you said. Like you feel that in your body in those situations. Right. If instead I feel that and let it move. And let it move through you. Like what would happen? Don't identify you know? with the thoughts that might come up that's yeah. like, oh, something's going on. You know, and whatever. high school Blake in that situation, the fear was, well, if I get jealous and I don't say anything about it worst case scenario she leaves me for somebody else and it led to the conclusion of I don't want to be with a person that would do that to me yeah you know so if that's the situation if I'm in a relationship with somebody else gone. and she's talking to somebody else and I feel jealous or if I don't or whatever um, and she ends up leaving me then she wasn't the person for me because right. we weren't compatible enough um she maybe wasn't of the right character that I wanted in somebody. Yeah. Like I want somebody who's going to love me for me. Like That's basically right. what it kind of comes down to. And if you can't see me for who I am, or if I do a poor job of representing myself in the relationship, then I don't deserve to have that relationship either. Hmm. You know? So mm -hmm. that's kind of what it comes down to. And I figure if I express my jealousy, mm -hmm. like nobody likes that. Like nobody. Like I hated it when girls expressed their jealousy to me. So I was like, fucking stop it. Like, I know me and my intentions. Like, I'm not, like, trying to make you feel bad or I'm not trying to go somewhere else in my relationship. So if I don't like it when somebody's expressing jealousy towards me, why would I do that to somebody else too? Why would you do that to So let me just else? not feel it in, from the first place. Let me not assume okay, the so worst. Okay, so let's talk about not feeling it, though. So how do you do that? Well, honestly, what I think it is, it, it, we just let our thoughts run out of control. It's like, That's oh, it. And, and you it really, identify with your thoughts. And it's not jealousy of that person. It's actually insecurity in me. That's what I was saying. You know, it's Where like, does this jealousy come from? I don't, insecurity. I don't believe that I'm good enough in this situation. Right. You know, so it's like, well, let me let me step back from that a minute. Let me she's with me in this relationship. So obviously I have something to offer. Right. And if she didn't want to be with me, then she wouldn't be with me. Right. You know, I don't need to make it worse by being jealous or like. Correct. Because obviously whenever you're jealous of somebody else, what you're doing right. is you're shitting on yourself. You don't think you're good enough. Right. Um, and this can apply in so many different ways for insecurity. And again, right? this is this is a problem of your relationship with yourself what we were talking about earlier yeah if i don't feel like i'm worthy yeah then it'll pop up in my life as maybe jealousy yeah you know 
in a relationship where mm-hmm. I feel like I need to hold on tightly to the things that I have mm-hmm. um, because I don't actually think I deserve them. So I need to cage them up. I need to trap them in my life. I need to trap life, you know? them so they can't go anywhere. Yeah. And that, that's got to be and like... And hold them down with my thumb. That's got to be like the worst idea of all time. The worst. In and a relationship. I, you never want to be caged in a relationship, a trapped never, in a relationship. No. Anything in your life. This can apply to so many different things. Where are you holding on to tightly? Where are you trying to control? Where mm-hmm. are you trying to put a box and cage it in? Because where that might reflect let that shit go. <laughs> what that might reflect is is your um your uh maybe like lack of self love or your lack of feeling that, you deserve that what that is. That is what it reflects. Like if you don't think you deserve something, then why why would that thing stay with you? And you might consciously say, I deserve this, I deserve that, but deep down you don't believe it or you don't feel it. Well, your your proof that you deserve it is that you have it right now. Correct. You know, so you don't need to you don't need to do anything extra to keep it with you. Well, Whether that's a relationship or like a job or you don't have it right now. What do you mean? I don't know. Like what if like somebody's listening and they're like, I don't have a relationship right now or something or I don't have a you job. You do have a relationship. You have a relationship with yourself. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, right? Correct. The if you're not in a relationship and you desire that more than anything else, the best thing you can possibly do is develop a better relationship with yourself. Right. And it really starts with like... It's love. It's forgiveness. It's uh, And it starts with awareness too. Like how am I relating to the world and is it in a truthful manner? Is it in a motivation of true love or is it in a motivation of manipulation? Love. Is it in a motivation of getting what I want and people thinking that I'm a certain person and thinking that mm-hmm. I'm good and all that? Because that's very, um, it's very nuanced and it's very, like we lie to ourselves so easily and so much because I mean, when I was having these internal struggles or whatever, before I feel like I really stumbled upon like this true love for myself and this wholeness piece, I mean, I was a good mom, a good wife. I work with uh, the autism community, like doing all these like good things. Yet still, I was questioning, am I good? Mm. It, you know? You know, that's an interesting thing, too. Because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to be a good mom. I need to be a good wife. I need to be a good um, professional, whatever your occupation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are you actually trying to be good for? Is right. it to just continue to validate that I am worthy? Uh-huh. Or is it because you actually have good to offer the world? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, you know, I think I do have good to offer the world. And that that's the piece of it now that makes me feel more whole. Like, I am acknowledging the good things about me. And, and also letting, like, the shadow sides of me or whatever pop up. Like, like if my anger comes or if my whatever, if I'm crying or whatever, it's like holding the those things and like loving those things and not judging those things with mm-hmm. my mind and forgiving those things and letting them be and not making them bad you know honestly it all it all goes back to unconditional love for me which is the same as forgiveness yeah to me mm-hmm. um because like so if you think about unconditional love mm-hmm. it's the easiest to think about it in terms of relationship you know, but mm-hmm. like you talked about a minute ago, like, what if I don't have a relationship? Right. You know, and that's what I said. Relationship with yourself. Unconditional love to yourself. Because if it's like you look at yourself in the mirror and it's like, I won't feel good about myself until, until. I lose this mm-hmm. much weight or that's, that's I what, need to dress a certain way to whatever. That's what a lot of mindset everybody's in. It's like whenever this happens, 
this will be good. Yeah. And that's really equating to whenever I get this, I'm going to love myself, mm-hmm. you know? And that is conditional love. It's like when these conditions now. are met, right. now I'll be happy. Now I'll be satisfied. Um, but we need to come to a thing. To so how are a, a you spot. loving yourself conditionally in every moment? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like what what is keeping you from loving yourself right now? You know, what are you dissatisfied about yourself with? Yes. You know, and once you have those things written down, you can then erase them and throw them outside and love yourself anyway. And be like, I am whole, I am worthy, just like I am. It's like, "Mm, I love you. Yeah. Yeah, and then it goes the cliche, like, how can you love someone else without loving yourself? You know? Wait, say what? Yeah, thanks. I'm sorry that Christina Aguilera popped into my mind. I had to (laughs) sing it. No, I mean, I think that's an appropriate song to sing at the moment because it's it's the message that we're talking about. But it's also a cliche, right, that you have to love yourself before you can love somebody else or whatever. You know, I never Because otherwise your relationship is going to be a way to validate your own self if you can't show yourself love. That's some deep shit you just said, and I never understood it until now. Mm. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, cause like if you don't love yourself, everything in your life is just going to be an illusion cause it's going to be it's an illusion anyway. Yeah, it is. Um, but like, it's like a- everything in your life is a search for validation that you're worthy. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to realize that you have innate inherent worthiness on the inside, unconditional love on the inside that you always have access to and you have to plug into that or else everything is kind of like a pretend. Everything is a role, is like a role you're playing. Um, It's a means to an end situation. And Anita Morgiani, she had a near-death experience. She wrote a book. You should read it. It's called Dying to Be Me. And basically that's what she learned when she died, that like we all have this innate unconditional like we are innate unconditional love and we come here we forget it we start identifying with like these conditions and the mind and like just trying to like please the world or like fit into the world when we're much more than that and we don't need to do anything for it which is super cool i fucking love that i'm like fuck wake up i'm love today y'all yeah i'm love you don't need to have like uh, 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 uh uh uh. <laughs> you don't need to like what you, you like give me a kiss boy like when you talked about like worthiness the innate worthiness that we have it's like <laughs> you don't need to have a successful job before you're worthy nope. you don't need to have a relationship before you're worthy nope. you don't need to have somebody else tell you that you're beautiful before realizing that you're actually beautiful um, but yeah you right. you already have it you already you know, have regardless it. of how shit your life feels to you right now you're already worthy of the best things <laughs> your in self, life which your is actually is here. that unconditional love it's always here it's always accessible to you so when like us saying this right now and your mind's like but i'm unhappy with the nope that's your mind you're you're full you're whole your whole circle and more yeah it's just a, a matter of trying to connect with that correct and uh yeah so we get back to like the distractions the the relaxation the breathing yes because your and mind, the mind the conditions your mind will continue to tell you that you have to do something to connect to it 
and and I don't know everybody has a different path for me the path was getting quiet and separating from my mind I think and 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 a lot of other things that pointed to this truth like books that I was attracted to podcasts that I was attracted to um so I think there's a lot of things that got me here and don't get me wrong like I still struggle but I do think that I've come a long way life experiences have got me here you know like having a baby and all that um so you might need to do something but it's not what your mind's telling you to do I think what you if you want access to and you want to plug into your like unconditional limitless love then put the intention out there like really believe say it out loud say it out loud and say I want to connect to this love please lead me and just stick with that intention every day and and I think you'll you'll be led somewhere but if you're happy with your life you know just keep doing you yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting um interesting topic right there what sorry this is everything we talked about i think that's interesting it's like i i i feel like i can relate so much to the person who is in a situation hearing that and being like no you know like how 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 could that possibly be true or like yeah i'm just gonna look in the mirror and tell myself i love me and all my problems are gonna be gone you know and i, I don't think that it is the case but that that is kind of what it is you know like trying to find a way to when you tell yourself you love yourself mm-hmm. and you don't believe it, why don't you believe it? You know, what's getting in the way of you believing that you actually are valuable, that you actually are worthy um, and that you actually do love yourself? You I'm know, gonna, I'm going to tell you what it is. Yeah, it's your identification with your past, your identification with your thoughts and your conditions that at one point in time you had an experience and you felt as though when I do this or act this way, I am not worthy of love. And that is what I cling on to. And that is what I believe. And so you are, you are so identified with that thought energy. It literally lives inside of you. And you cling on to it because you think it's what keeps you safe. Because as long as you don't do that thing, you're going to continue to get love. And you lie to yourself and tell yourself like this, this situation that happened to me took away the love and I'm only loved conditionally. So I have to live under these conditions. And that is a lie. That is not true. You have to put the intention out and say, I don't want to believe these conditions anymore. I don't want to be my past. I don't want to be a slave to my thoughts. I want to connect with my innate inherent love if that's what you believe anyway for me I believe it because I feel like it's touched my life I feel like I feel it I know it and and I'm so happy that I've I've remembered it and it does feel like something that you remember you're like oh this this was fucking it this is it and this was here always here and and you know if you really look and pay attention you can't you start to not question it anymore you're like yeah this is the magic that like controls and flows into my life and it keeps me alive you know this is the magic of why me and you ever stumbled paths Mm -hmm. this is the magic why i meet people who like change my life or whatever um you know because we we just don't pay attention to those things because we're going too fast because we're like 
We're doing what the world says that we should be doing. We're doing living by yet another condition that says that you are only worthy if you have achieved X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. And I get it. It's hard to like, it's hard to let go of those things because you really truly believe that you're only worthy if you're like this cool and you have this many followers and if you act this way and if blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and those are just conditions that we put on ourselves. Correct. So it's whenever you tell yourself you love yourself and you don't believe it, identify why you don't believe it, that's your conditions. Those are the assumptions you need to question. Those are the expectations that maybe need to be dropped. And if you can find a way to do that, yeah, you might find a way. Because it's denying the self. Yeah, they're like, those conditions are saying, you can't be loved. You have to live this way to be loved. That's not true. Like, do you want to live by that anymore? Do you want those conditions to run your life and your behavior and all the things? Yeah, it's like what you do, like presuming competence with these um, non-speaking non -speaking autistic people. Mm -hmm. um, instead, well, not instead, but for us, we need to assume that we deserve unconditional love. Yeah. And then see all the things getting in your way of doing that. That's true. And, and they've them. taught me a lot. Yeah, they have taught me a lot. Um because it is like a practice of faith, you know, because your whole life you're taught and we might have talked about this before on the podcast. I don't know. Your whole life you're taught if somebody understands you intellectually and all that, they're going to look at you. They're going to nod. They're going to respond. They're going to talk back, blah, blah, blah. And you have to literally like take a leap of faith that this person, you know, like just for example, any like a non nonverbal autistic like you know, they might be jumping around, flapping their hands, touching everything. And, you know, I say something, they're not going to look at me and, and and like nod their head and be like, yeah, I got, I get it. And so it's like this leap of faith to, to presume confidence that they understand. They, they have taught me so much about like faith and, and belief, you know, like, I mean, it's just, I mean, we can get into it, but I'm not going to on this podcast, but yeah. It's like that. It's like that faith that like that your love is there and your love is whole and you can connect to it and just like don't give up on it. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good assumption to start out with. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap this we'll wrap, up. Wrap it up. All right. Um, By 2022. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's 2023. It's been good. Tomorrow's next year. All right. See you guys next year. Later. Love you. Mm -hmm. Peace.